It started with Nancy's dad, who would read "'Twas the Night Before Christmas to his three girls, and I got in on that as a new husband many years ago. And there was always a routine with that, uh, come on, please, please, would you read it? No, I'm not going to read this again. And on and on and on. And he read with silly voices and everything. Well, guess who that got passed on to? Me. So if you were at my house last night, you would have heard the whole routine. Uh, but I'm not going to do all of that for you. To, you don't have to beg me to do this. So for 29 years, because that's how old Kelly is, my routine has been to be reading that. Today, believing that God speaks to us in all ways, I will read you without the silliness. Twas the night before Christmas, throwing in some observations and following with the more important reading of Isaiah 9. Got the Bible up here, and I've got Twas the night before Christmas. <laughs> you should know that Clement C. Moore, who wrote this poem, was a biblical scholar. He was a professor of Asian and Greek literature, and he was multilingual. So this dude was smart, and he wrote this cool poem that we have used for 180 years. So let God bring a smile to you on this day as we focus on the hope that we have through Jesus, who was born into this world so that we might have life. "'Twas the night before Christmas, when all through the house, not a creature was stirring, not even a mouse. The stockings were hung by the chimney with care, in hopes that St. Nicholas soon would be there. Hope. These words talk about hope. And in Isaiah 9-2, it says, The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. We've just come through a time we call Advent. We have been waiting for the coming of Jesus, and he has come. Now we wait for the second coming of Jesus. And we have hope because we know that he will come again. And all will be fulfilled that's been promised. It's a well-known fact that hope keeps us going when all seems lost. There are countless stories of people who beat the odds and surviving the worst circumstances because they had hope in those who might come and rescue them. In 2011, Psychology Today said psychologists have proposed lots of different vehicles over the years, grit, Conscious, conscientiousness, uh, mastering one's domain, optimism, passion, inspiration. They are all important, but studies have shown over and over that hope stands head and shoulders above any of those others to keep us going. Hope is not an emotion. Hope leads to growth and improvement. The children were nestled all snug in their beds 
while visions of sugar plums danced in their heads, and Mama in her kerchief and I in my cap had just settled our brains for a long winter's nap. You know, rest is a good thing. It's a really good thing. And oddly enough, in this time we call Advent and waiting and being quiet, how many of us have been more busy than ever and maybe not gotten the rest that we needed? The prophetic words of Isaiah remind us that he is the Prince of Peace. His authority shall grow continually and there shall be endless peace. So from the dawn of creation, God designed the world for rest, for a long winter's nap, but also for a spring nap and an autumn nap and a winter nap. And, oh, I miss summer. Yeah, you got to rest then too. He not only designed this world for rest, but he is continually calling us to rest in him. How are we doing with that? Notice I said we, not you, we. How are we doing with that? Is our trust so great that we can truly rest in him even when life clatters? When out on the lawn there arose such a clatter, I sprang from the bed to see what was the matter. Away to the window, I flew like a flash. I tore open the shutters and threw up the sash. Life happens, doesn't it? Isaiah says, those who have lived in a land of deep darkness have seen a great light. We live in a land that God has created for us. It's a land of beauty, but it's also a land of darkness. Life events happen day after day after day. And we can never predict when the good or the bad will happen. There are times we enjoy the rest, but then we must spring from the bed to see what was the matter. We were never promised rest or happiness all the time. There will be darkness, but we will see a great light. The moon on the breast of the new fallen snow gave the luster of midday to objects below. When what to my wondering eyes should appear but a miniature sleigh and eight tiny reindeer. Life can bring wonder. Isaiah 9.5 says, For a child has been born for us. A son has been given to us. Now, I have never personally had a baby. I think you figured that out. But I was around for three births. Okay, four. I don't remember that first one, but my mom does, and she's here. She'll tell you all about it. (laughs) And as a pastor, I have held countless babies. Always our favorite, one of our favorite times as a pastor is to go to the hospital and hold a newborn. What a treat. What a treat that is. This life for all of us starts with the wonder of birth. God could have come to earth in any number of ways, but he chose the most wonderful way possible in being born as a baby. 
Have you ever thought about what it would have been like to see the little squeaky, squealy Jesus baby just making those baby noises? And yet look at him and go, that is God. That's God. God came to bring wonder. With a little old driver so lively and quick, I knew in a moment it must be St. Nick. More rapid than eagles, his coursers they came, and he whistled and he shouted and he called them by name. I know, you want me to keep going right now? I'm going to stop. <laughs> Names are important. Isaiah said, and he is named Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. You know, historically, names, of course, were given to tell about the person being born. David meant beloved, and Moses meant deliver. And in the dictionary, my name means black water. So, you know, I went to a Christian bookstore a while back, and they, they said my name meant seeker of light. And I decided, okay, where did you get that? I'll take it, but I think it's black water still. So, all right. Isaiah says Jesus will be called Wonderful Counselor, one who helps somebody else. He'll be Mighty God, Powerful, Everlasting Father. He keeps going. When all the batteries run out, God still goes. Isn't that a good metaphor for today? Batteries. Uh, Prince of Peace. And we like peace. We love peace. And we all have names. We all are to be known. God knows your name. And he calls you by it. We can trust him. We can put our hope in the one who knows our name. Now Dasher, now Dancer, now Prancer and Vixen on Comet, on Cubit, on Donner and Blitzen. And by the way, this is the first time the reindeer were ever named right here in this poem. Just so you know, Santa did not name them. Clement Seymour did. <laughs> to the top of the porch, to the top of the wall, now dash away, dash away, dash away all as dry leaves that before the wild hurricane fly. Feel the wind when they meet with an obstacle Mount to the sky. So up to the housetop, the courses they flew with the sleigh full of toys and St. Nicholas too. You know, along with the wonder, gifts come. Seeing something wonderful is a gift. When we see a pretty sunset or dolphins swimming through the ocean or a rainbow or snow on a mountain or a puppy... Or a newborn baby, that's a gift. Isaiah says in verse 2, or that verse, you have multiplied the nation. You have increased its joy. They rejoice before you as joy at the harvest. When the farmers in the field bring in all the strawberries or corn or whatever, it's a gift. The Bible reminds us God is trying to give us gifts all the time. They're not necessarily wrapped in paper, but every day we have the possibility of being happy with the things 
we see or hear or touch or taste or smell. What kind of gifts has God been giving you? How can you look for gifts even more in your life? And then in a twinkling, I heard on the roof, the prancing and pawing of each little hoof. I always want to say it that way. Sorry. I know it's hoof. As I drew in my head and was turning around down the chimney, St. Nicholas came with a bound. And he was dressed all in fur from his head to his foot, and his clothes were all tarnished with ashes and soot. As a bundle of toys he had flung on his back, and he looked like a peddler just opening his pack. His eyes, how they twinkled. His dimples, how merry. His cheeks were like roses and his nose like a cherry. His droll little mouth was drawn up in a bow. And the beard of his chin was as white as the snow. The stump of a pipe he held tight in his teeth. And the smoke, it encircled his head like a wreath. He had a broad face and a little round belly that shook when he laughed like a bowl full of jelly. He was chubby and plump, a right jolly old elf. And I laughed when I saw him in spite of myself. A wink of his eye and a twist of his head soon gave me to know I had nothing to dread. The greatest gift that God brought into this world is that we would know we have nothing to dread. Down the chimney, Santa came with a bound. The Bible tells us, for a child has been born for us, a son has been given to us. God came to earth to live among us. He's not out there, far away, distant. He came to live where we live. And he brings gifts to us every day. Life, family, Friends, toys for children and big kids like me, beauty and creation, and more. But the greatest gift is that God came to our world and he knows what it's like to be us. He knows what it is to be happy or sad, to be courageous or afraid, to be rested or tired. Healthy or sick. He knows our world. He knows our house. We have nothing to dread. He spoke not a word, but went straight to his work and he filled all the stockings. Then he turned with a jerk and laying his finger aside of his nose and giving a nod up the chimney, he rose. He sprang to his sleigh, to his team, gave a whistle. And away they all flew like the down of a thistle. But I heard him exclaim, ere he drove out of sight, Happy Christmas to all, and to all a good night. God, through Jesus, goes to everybody's world. He doesn't just stop at our house. Not only has he come to the place we know, but he goes everywhere. He loves everybody everywhere. He has multiplied the nation. 
When he came, he reminded us our world is bigger and includes all nations, men and women, the rich and the poor, children and adults, the orphan and the widow, the citizen and the immigrant. Jesus came to go to everybody's world and he died on the cross for everybody. Those we know and those we don't know, those we like and those we don't like, he came for everybody. So no matter what we face in this world, we do have hope. We do have rest. We will see the wonder. We will receive the gifts from the one who came into our world, who came into everybody's world. Let these words sink in as I read them. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who lived in a land of deep darkness, on them the light has shined. You have multiplied the nation. You have increased its joy. They rejoice before you as with joy at the harvest, as people exult when dividing plunder. For the yoke of their burden and the bar across their shoulders, the rod of their oppressor, you have broken as on the day of Midian. For all the boots of the tramping warriors and all the garments rolled in the blood shall be burned as fuel for the fire. For a child has been born for us, a son given to us. Authority rests upon his shoulders. And he is named Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. His authority shall continually grow and there shall be endless peace for the throne of David and his kingdom. He will establish it and uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time onward and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord's hosts will do this. Let's pray. Lord, you have come for us. You could have come in so many different ways, but you chose to come as a babe to live among us, to know our pain, to know our hurt, to know our happiness, to know the little and the big things that we experience. So, Lord, we thank you for coming and that we could spend this time celebrating you. And, Lord, more importantly, we thank you that now more than ever in the life of our world, we are grateful to have the hope that we can have in you and you alone. There is nothing else that will bring us this hope. So, Lord, we call upon you to remind us of that. Help us, Lord, instead of screaming about the things that that agitate us or cause us to be fearful, help us to shrug because we have hope in you. Let's shrug instead of screaming. Let's look to you, Lord, because we know that You are the Lord who reigns over all, and we can put our hope and our trust in you. Thank you for coming for us. In your name, amen.